0: Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to Engage for Success Radio show number 394, Adaptability in the Age of Googleization. Today we're going to be talking about a new success model for self-development and team building. I'm Jo Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engaged Success core team. The Engaged Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice, inspiring people and workplaces to thrive. And we're widely supported across the UK involving the public, private and third sectors. If you go to our website engagesuccess.org, you can use the link at the bottom of the pages to join our newsletter list and all our social media links are there too. My guest today is Ira Wolf, who's president of Poised for the Future Company. Welcome Ira, thanks for joining me.
0: Hey, thank you, joy and congratulations three hundred and ninety four shows. It's quite an accomplishment in the in the podcasting world. <laughs>
1: Yes, yes. Thank you. And I I gather you're a podcaster too. So (laughs) that's uh, good coming from you. (laughs) So start by telling us a bit about you and what you do.
0: Yeah, thanks again. I appreciate that. Uh, I've been, um, what do I do? I, I've been called the Renaissance Man, uh, been a n- number of different things, um, but I've always been fascinated by change. But uh, for the last 26 years, I've had a company called Success Performance Solutions. Uh, we primarily work with uh, mostly small, medium-sized businesses, although over the last uh year, uh, we've actually acquired a couple large uh, companies as well, and uh, we help them hire smarter and recruit, uh, you know, basically recruit faster and hire smarter is uh, what our slogan is, and that's what we do, and we do that through uh, employee testing, employee assessment, pre-employment leadership assessment, Uh, but my fascination and my passion has always been just studying change, uh, adapting, and uh, that's, you know, probably what we're talking about today
1: yes yes absolutely so the the title adaptability in the age of googleization let's start by defining what um googleization is is that even a word <laughs> it must be well it,
0: it, it is now it actually shows <laughs> up on it well, it shows up in google if you search for googleization it, oh, really? it shows up it shows up as a word yes um,
1: then. <laughs> it,
0: I, you know i came up I, i've been talking about googleization since 2008 uh, actually, two thousand and seven uh when I published uh, one of my my last book uh, or, or my book my book prior to the last uh, most recent one and uh it, the original title was geeks it was the original title was the wired the Tired in Technology uh, and we started to talk about uh, the multi generations how technology was changing things uh that it wasn 't just uh, you know the stereotypical You know, what are millennials, what are millennials like? Why are they different? What is Gen X like? Why are they different? What, you know, all about baby boomers. Uh, And, and, uh, and uh, I, but the importance was the trend that I saw trends, kind of trends of What's the word? Not transgressing. That's that's sins. But um, <laughs> you know, going going across all those generations, the theme that seemed to connect all those generations was the use of technology. Where you know, my mother, you know, who's who, who's uh, in her nineties now, uh, but she remembers, you know, she remembers sitting around the radio and listening to it, and and you know, certainly I I, I remember growing up with three channels on a black and white TV. Uh, you know all forms of technology uh, of communication, but also technology. And um, you know, as we as I was writing that, uh, we started to talk about the generations as geeks and geezers, those who were aligned with technology and those who weren't, and uh, the Googleization just sort of showed up. Um, I don't know. I don't know where that inspiration came. Uh, but ultimately, what Googleization came to mean, other than alliteration of geek skeezes and Googleization, uh, was the convergence of people, business, and technology. And that's. I don't think. Uh, you know, I, I didn't have 2020 in mind uh, when I talked <laughs> about that, as far as an exact yeah. date. Uh, we talked about that occurring over time, but 2020 was the convergence of business uh, people and technology, and uh, that's Googleization.
1: Lovely, thank you. And so, one thing actually, I'm just I'm sort of going off piece to, with um, a personal sort of question on this one. A lot of people talk about um, you know older people not being very technical and new people growing up with it, and, and I'm in the generation in the middle where um, you know, we we learned it as it came because, you know, I was there. <laughs> um, okay. And um, I think there's a a feeling that you know younger people can just do all this stuff because they've grown up with it. I've never thought that that was the case because I still see young people who I don't know they're 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 very quick on their phone or they they're they're into finding things out on YouTube or whatever. But actually, they still can't connect the technology with the the business concepts and, and the strategy and things like that, because that's, it's not the same thing, one, of, one and the same, having technology and being able to do business, if you like. Is that becoming like it will be, though, because people are different moving forwards, or, or what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, that's a—that's such an excellent question, um, and, and we probably can spend days talking about it, but <laughs> I'll try to keep this concise. Uh, one is, uh, I am an older baby boomer. And, uh, you know, where I some days struggle with trying to keep up with the technology, uh, I am an avid user of it. I rely on it. I've been virtual. My business has been virtual for uh, almost 15 years, uh, probably more than that. Uh, So I've been using technology even when the technology wasn't very good uh, to work remote. Uh, But And I know quite a few baby boom, older baby boomers, and even older. People are in their 70s and 80s, who are um, very—they're very knowledgeable. They're—they're—they're engaged. They're uh, embracing technology, uh, investing in technology, helping people start companies. So I I think the generations—you know—going back to my book, the geeks, geezers, and Googleization. Geeks were not necessarily young, and geezers were old. There are some. There are some millennials, there's some Gen Z, there's some Gen X, you know, certainly the younger generations, uh, for, for me at least, uh, who are, I, again, they can use technology. They may be able to sit down at the computer, but as in last year, when it came to working remotely. Getting things yeah. set up. How do you how do you set up your webcam? How to set up for your sound? What happens when things don't work? What what happens when the internet goes down or or you lose your connection? Uh, people mm-hmm. knew how to mechanically go through the steps, uh, but they didn't really know how to to apply technology yeah. to the business. And a lot of people really yeah. struggled even working remotely.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it's something. I mean, I've I've said for years. I think um, people like Apple have let down a lot of people by um, working on the basis of everything being intuitive, and therefore you don't need instructions, and we don't need to teach you, because actually people only do as much as they can work out for themselves, and it isn't as much as they seem to think it was.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I guess my my my. I'll, I'll play the devil's advocate to that. You know, having a better user experience, making it friendly, making it intuitive, uh, that you don't have to figure out how to use the technology. I don't I obviously there's this could be an argument that that's bad, that that you have to know, uh, you know, how you know, do you know how to uh, repair a car, uh, a car? You know, um, there's people that don't know how to replace even uh, replace their tire you know, to jack yeah. up their car to replace the tire. The jacks in the back of the trunk, but people didn't know how to do it. They, they called, yeah. the, uh, you know, a service uh, to be able to do that or took it to a, a station if they were able. So just because, the car, you know, driving a vehicle became intuitive doesn't necessarily mean that uh, people became weak or dumb or, or, or weren't able to do yeah. that. So I think the technology, the ease of that. The concern is, do they apply it to the world better? Uh, Do they apply it to be productive? And certainly spending all day long on, uh, not necessarily Google. I mean, Google could be very educating. But how do you apply that knowledge? Uh, The Mm -hmm. fact is I I can look up something that in in the past I'd have to call somebody, hire somebody, go to the library, that I can do within seconds uh, is certainly a value. Uh, and, and it's an asset and it's made us smarter uh, if yeah. we apply it, if we do something with that knowledge. But, yeah. you know, has Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, has that made us smarter? Yeah, I don't know. So, uh, again, people yeah. have always wasted time. We, we've we been talking about couch potatoes, you know, for literally since the 70s. Um <laughs> i've been around yeah. long enough and and people were couch potatoes all you did was, all day long was watch tv and some people took that knowledge and and did something with it and some people just became better couch potatoes yeah uh, yeah, so, yeah yeah I, I think that crosses yeah. generations so i i i think yeah. the intuitive nature of 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 um of technology uh if people apply the results you get from that, that it's easier to use it, it's, it's more accessible, there's not a big learning curve, uh, and and that knowledge is just, you know, available at our mm-hmm. fingertips. That's a good thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So in the notes um, we put on the show page, you talk about change not being new, but living in a VUCA world is. Well, t- describe what you mean by that.
0: Yeah, so going back even to Googleization, uh, the convergence of people, technology and business uh, is one thing, but you can talk about that that convergence take uh, a century, a decade, a year or a month. And the reality is, is that what VUCA represents, just for, for anyone who's not familiar with it, VUCA is an acronym. It's been around for about 30 years. I, I didn't create it. It came through, actually, Warren Bennis, uh, a leadership, um, uh, real thought leader uh, and in the 80s, uh, initially came up with that term, VUCA, uh, to describe what the world was going to be. Uh, I'm not sure he anticipated what, what, what it was going to be now, but uh, he anticipated mm-hmm. it was going to be more volatile more uncertain, more complex, and more ambiguous. And that's what VUCA is. And again, 2020 sort of epitomized uh, what what that meant. It gave everybody a real experience of what VUCA could mean. It wasn't something abstract. It wasn't gonna have something that only happened to underdeveloped countries or poor people or people living in Silicon Valley. It was gonna happen to everybody. And uh, so so we're living in this VUCA world. Um, what's changed, even when we talk about Googleization, is about the pace of change. So there's, I, I think it was Ray Kurzweil from uh, he, he was uh, 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 chief, I forget what his title is at, at Google, but also uh, co-founder of Singularity University, who studies, you know, the advancement, uh, change, and progress. And he he looked at the paradigm shift of how much faster things are happening, and That if you today are 40 years old, by the time you're 60, the pace of change will happen four times greater. What that means is what took a year, all the change that we experienced in 2020. Imagine this: all the change that we experienced in 2020 would happen in three months. Going forward, wow.
1: Uh, And
0: and if you're 10 years old, by the time you're 60, at the current rate of change. That what happened in one in during that time, what happened in one year, will now happen in eleven days. So by Mm -hmm. the time our our kids are sixty years old, uh, that's the life they're experiencing. That's the world that whether you're a baby boomer, whether you're a a veteran, or a traditionalist, or whether you're a Gen Z, we're all living in that same world together. Now, who has the? Everybody is going to have to learn to adapt. And and I, I guess this is where my challenge is with with some, and it doesn't matter what age group, but let's say the uh, the baby boomers, even some Gen Z or, or Gen X, Gen X is now in their fifties. You know, it's hard to believe. So the yes, oldest okay. Gen X is in their. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Gen X is, is in their fifties. Baby boomers are in their seventies and eighties. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so uh, again, we we continue to advance, but one of the things that. Um, uh, that we that we 're really struggling with is the uh, the ability to keep up so even uh, you know over the last year, uh, something I, I can think of that that a lot of people never thought they 'd have to deal with is people didn 't want to have direct deposits uh, because they didn 't trust the government they didn 't trust the internet they had to physically go to the bank uh, and do that. but the problem is is people who weren 't online really struggled last year uh, having access and and at least in the States, uh, if you didn't electronically submit your taxes, you were mailed a check. If right. you electronically yes. submitted your taxes, you got your payments within a week. If you manually did it, there were millions of people who never got their checks. And, yeah. and part of the problem is is if, if, if everybody doesn't adapt to the future, it's catching up. It's catching up because businesses are universally going to rely on even payments. I mean, even, um, yeah. you know, payless, uh, you know, paperless uh, currency. Uh, mm-hmm. not, I'm not talking mm-hmm. about cryptocurrency, but that could be it. But, but just the ability yeah. to, to pay uh, with the, you know, with, with touch. Yeah. Touchless yeah. payments. Um, yeah. And, and a lot of people are just very, very uncomfortable Using that, you needed a smartphone to do some of this, and people still have flip phones. Some people don't have flip phones.
1: So So what does that mean for our leaders in organizations and and Mm -hmm. how they should be operating and what they're doing and how it all works?
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, there's two parts to that question. So the one part is leaders need to become more adaptable. And in order to do that, you know, one of, you know, certainly emotional intelligence is part of that. People need to have, and we've been talking about that for years, Uh, you know, it's been pretty well recognized by a lot of the research that leaders needed more than to, to to own the money, to own the power. They had to have higher emotional intelligence. So they had to have a higher social, a higher self-awareness, but a higher social awareness. They had to be able to read the crowd, understand the people. uh, And then they had to be able to in, in, engage with the people. You know, that's the title of your show, Engage for Success. Knowing how to be successful is different than being able to engage with success. And So emotional intelligence was part of it. But then when the clock's running faster and faster, you have to become more adaptable. So now we start talking about, um, I've been focused a lot on the uh, AQ, the adaptability quotient. And in addition to emotional intelligence, people needed to become, uh, have more grit, more perseverance. They had to be passionate about that, what they do. And most leaders are. Um, They had to become more resilient. And again, Successful leaders tend to be that, but they also had to be have a, an open not an open mindset as much as a growth mindset they They had to be mo, they had to be more positive about the future, not running always in fear, protecting what they had, playing the win, um, but they had to become. Uh, more growth-oriented, understanding what it took. Uh, in order to innovate, you have to be willing to make some mistakes or learn from mistakes, and and some people aren't willing to do that. We had to be able to deal with ambiguity, going back to VUCA. Uh, how do you deal with um, paradox? How do you deal with uh, conflicting thoughts? Something that you ne- being shut down, working remotely let 's take leadership. How many leaders prior to two thousand and twenty said remote work will never work for our business? telecommuting yeah. will never work for our business. We need people here. we need to see what they do, and if you send them home they 're going to play games all day long, and that didn't happen so how do you how do you look forward and say what 's next? What are other belief systems beliefs that you have that just aren 't that are not just aren't true they're myths they're your biases so mental flexibility is is another skill so you have grit resilience uh growth mindset mental flexibility and then unlearning. we talk a lot about learning uh we need to can be continuous learning and, and a lot of people do but that doesn't necessarily change um uh what the bad behaviors that doesn't necessarily change their behaviors um learn and and so we need to unlearn what doesn't work anymore uh, we can't keep doing what we've been doing and expect the same result. You know, that's the, def- according to Einstein, that was the definition of insanity. Uh, we, we need to learn more, but we also need to unlearn what's not working. That's all adaptability. So to answer a long way around your question, but leaders need to become better at yes. each of those areas. And most of them I said have grit and resilience, but I'm not, many of them aren't, you know, are relying on their experience to get by, and that's not going to help as much as it did in the past. The
1: bigger challenge
0: is what do you do with everybody who's not a leader? What do you do with the frontline employees? What do you do with your middle management, your aspiring managers, your, your supervisors? What do you do with the people in your community? How do you build the workforce if they're not adaptable? If they think they can go to school for four years, graduate, and that's the last time they have to learn anything, how do you how do you help mentor, lead, coach, inspire, engage the rest of the the world? How do you Mm. take your workforce and inspire Mm. them to be comfortable living in a world of perpetual uncertainty? So the, the leadership challenge is one is leaders need to become more adaptable. So they and then they need to become better coaches and mentors in helping people be comfortable with change.
1: So how are we going to get them to do that? It's funny, I whenever we have these conversations, obviously we've had, you know, three hundred and ninety-four shows and you know, I was in HR for a long time before before this um sort of stuff that I do now. And and I just think we we're always talking about managers and leaders needing to better and you know there's challenges and then there's more challenges and, and as you say this last year you know forget all the sort of challenge you would expect as the world develops we've had you know something that nobody expected plus all the you know um you know the me too the black lives matter all that sort of stuff it's like leaders are every day <laughs> their life gets harder and then they've got a whole as you say, a group of employees who are demanding more and you know are going through a similar thing as well. Um, so we've got like nine minutes. So <laughs> well, ask that question. No, How can
0: we have? I, I, I don't know what we'll do with the eight remaining. I'll, we'll just solve it in the next sixty <laughs> exactly. seconds. Yeah. So it's a great question and it is a challenge. But I'll, I, and and I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. I'm not trying to be dystopic. I'm not trying to exaggerate. But we really are in a crisis. There are very few people that are comfortable with change at the pace. There are people that are fascinated by the change, but they're not necessarily very good at, you know, always, you know, you can have people that invent things uh, and create things and are disruptors. But how do you how do you carry that over to a you know of eight billion people uh, you know in the world yeah, yeah. Uh, so we are really at a crisis that in order to be successful in order for your business you know not to experience in order to to be the amazon the ebays uh of of the next whether it's a pandemic or whether it's from climate change or whether it's terrorism, there's going to be multiple crises. They're going to happen faster. They're going to be more intense, whatever it is. And businesses, as we experienced last year, a lot of businesses couldn't survive. A lot of them thrived. So I talk about, uh, how, you know, one of my I just did a webinar and, and, and some of my presentations talk about how to grow and thrive in a FCDD world and FCDD or for short is effed up. Uh, we'll keep it. We'll keep this uh, GP rated um, is how is people are frustrated. People are confused. People are disappointed and people are distracted by change. Um, and that's what FCDD is. And one of the things is we have to we have to remove some of the friction uh, in helping people uh, learn in helping people. Uh, become to gain the courage to try new things, to not feel if I if, if I take this course and I fail it, then I'm going to get fired, or if I make this suggestion and it doesn't work, then I'm going to get terminated, or I'm going to get disciplined. Um, companies have to change their culture; they have to become more supportive of change. So that's number one. Uh, leaders just have to do it. There's there's no other choice. I mean, leaders are smart people, generally smart people. Um, yep. they're, they're educated and, and they have the capacity to be able to do it. Whether they can get out of their own way and stop tripping over their own feet is another, is another thing. But leaders have to do it. But then how do you help other people? The good news about what I talked about in adaptability quotient um, is that it's changeable. You can, you can teach people to become adaptable, to, become, to have the courage to try something new to build the confidence uh, to do it, and then ultimately, people that have courage and confidence are hopeful. They see they see change as a positive. They see the, pot, the benefits of change rather than fearing change, it's, and it's going to destroy their life, and a robot's going to come and get them and, and all these things. So how do you get people comfortable with that? And that's where this adaptability quotient comes in, not because it's the end-all and be-all, but because it talks about culture, it talks about your environment. How do you create a culture that is more open, um, to help people change and supportive, and that comes from team support and emotional support and well-being and 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 so forth. Uh, but ultimately, the five skills, the five um, skills that I suggested—grit, resilience, um, growth mindset, mental flexibility, and unlearning—are all abilities that can be taught to people. They can be taught mm-hmm. how to do that. And, uh, you know, we don't have the time to go into each of those, but there are activities and there's a lot of really, really good people out there. You know, Angela Duckworth has talked about grit. Uh, There's a lot of people that are talking about resilience. Carol Dweck um, has done extensive research and work on growth mindset. Uh, So if if you could take just those three and help people build the resilience, um, You know, find their passions. That's what grit is. It's it's not just perseverance and endurance, but it's a passion for doing that. Setting goals. What's a goal that everybody that every individual would achieve? And it and and you have to personalize that. It has to be something that showing up for for a job that you pay them for helps them achieve something greater in life. You know, what is it? Is it educating their kids? Is buying a new home, buying a car, playing, retiring, whatever it might be is you have to, to find that. So there are, the good news is that adaptability isn't, doesn't take tens of thousands of dollars or of tuition. You don't have to go to school for four or five years and get a degree. Uh, it's really personal uh, and, and professional development. Without it, I'm not sure how people will even be able to do grocery shopping. Uh, if we don't change change the way that they adapt, because if they don't learn how to use touchless payments and smartphones and and um, become more comfortable with the way that consumerism is going, um, you know, they're never going to get a job. And but even some basic day, basic day, daily living activities they're going to struggle yep. with, you know, but yes, it's, it's yes, fixable. Yes. It really is fixable. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, mm-hmm. hopefully part of my mission is doing that.
1: Mm -hmm. lovely so we've only got three minutes left and um, when I asked about questions to ask you your last one was to ask you where we will be in 12 months from now and I really want to know I think you might be setting yourself up for for, for that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: So as as much as you know, I I I hesitate saying I'm a futurist. I can't predict. Uh, nobody can really predict what's going to happen, especially in a VUCA world. Uh, yes. The only certain thing I know is that we're going to still be living in a VUCA world. Um, yes. That you know, I, I do believe. Uh, you know, we just got some good news in the, in the states today. I mean, things are opening up. The 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 infection rate from COVID is down down, hospitalizations and deaths are down, and and that's going to go worldwide, uh, you know, with more vaccines and more behavior. So we're going to open up. Uh, the 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 danger is is that people think they're going to go back to 2019 and just pick up where we left off, and we're not. Um, we're, where are we going to be a year from now? I I don't have an exact you know or or, or you know what's climate change going to look like or what's the where's the state of the pandemic? Mm-hmm. Uh, are we going to have another pandemic? Uh, the terrorist attack or we're we going to have a war? What whatever? I mean there's a, there's so many things. That we just don't know exactly. What we do know yeah. is we're still going to be living in an era of uh, perpetual change, and uh, you know that's that's where we'll be twelve months from now.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I should have seen that coming, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, well,
0: that's important. That's self, that's awareness. The awareness that that's what's ahead. um yeah. Hopefully, will motivate people to be able to. to to to, to do something about it and then it's not it honestly is I can't tell you it's easy uh, but it's not hard either it's it's you just have to want to you have to want to do it
1: but I think it's also it's a vital thing to understand because you know if you're waiting for everything to calm down it's not going to is that as you say
0: that's definitely not going to happen but on the flip side of it if you embrace the change there are so many cool things that can happen and uh, we saw yeah. that. I mean, you know, hidden, mm-hmm. hidden within COVID last year was, you know, we developed a vaccine within months that normally took yeah. 10 years.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. So thank you. Ira. It's been uh, so interesting talking to you today. Thanks for your time.
0: It's my, been my pleasure, Joe. Thank you very much for having me and uh, stay safe and good luck to everyone.
1: Lovely, thank you. And just to let you know, next week, Jo Moffat will be back, and she's talking with Alison Williams, the law firm mentor, and they're talking about fostering autonomy in the workplace. So Jo will be with you next week. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.